So, Mike. Mm-hmm. The last few months, I say last few months, actually very recently, there's been quite a few subscription services being introduced. Disney Plus, Stadia, YouTube. I say YouTube, but YouTube, you'll tell me, is a is one that's been around for a long time. And wh- I'm not interested in, in discussing these. I, what I'm interested in is how do you decide what to subscribe to? Do you have a like a system for pruning your subscription services? And if you were only left to subscribe to three, what would they be? Well, I don't really have such a dilemma over this because most of these subscription services are actually not available in Hong Kong. So over here, there is no Disney Plus. There is no Amazon Prime. Until very recently, there was no YouTube Premium. Though now there is. And they can't stop advertising to me. And surprisingly, despite being someone who watches a really unhealthy amount of YouTube, I have not subscribed to YouTube Premium. Do the adverts not annoy you? Not really, no. That's, that's the thing. The adverts in YouTube are like, whatever. You just like, just wait five seconds and skip them. Or sometimes it's like, ooh, YouTube, you know me too well. I do want to buy a stupid... Like YouTube is just constantly advertising me Kickstarter products now. It must have just noticed that I've been on Kickstarter again, and now it's just constantly advertising me Kickstarter garbage. There's one garbage or piece of garbage which I've seen is the the hammock, the sleep hammock, where it just it's a hammock just for your head. Have you seen this? (laughs) No, I have not seen this. We can already imagine it, right? It's just a hammock you hang off a door handle, I think, and it's just for your head, and you sleep by the door. This really does sound like garbage. Just like, this really does sound like garbage. But, yeah, anyhow, what would I subscribe to? I don't know. I mean, priority-wise, I have one music subscription, which is Spotify, and then one TV-slash-movie subscription, which for me is actually called Stealing My Sister's Netflix Account. And then I have like practical stuff. I've got Office 365 and I have an online backup subscription. Well, this is what makes it interesting. What's more important to you? Tell me what your life priorities are. You're only allowed three. And you've not chosen a gaming one either. What gaming one would I even subscribe to? I mean, I guess technically you're right. Actually, I'm also subscribed to the Nintendo online service and also the PlayStation online service, even though I probably actually haven't turned on my PS4 for the best part of a year. Shockingly. So, so it's not about choosing between like just movie subscription services. It's about, it's about choosing what's more important to you. TV, music, games, productivity. <laughs> Wow. I mean, if I can literally only choose three, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I would choose. Hmm, This is a tough one, actually. This is a tough one, because if I'm picking from what I've already got, I would probably choose Spotify for music. I would still keep leeching off my sister's Netflix. Does that count? Well, you're not leeching. You're, you're Netflix. You've, you've committed to Netflix. Oh, then, then forget Netflix. I don't need Netflix. I would probably keep the online backup, to be honest, just in case. Because there's That's like so much stuff on the PC that I, I don't want to risk losing, just for peace of mind. And then, I don't even know what the last one would be. I don't really need anything else, to be honest. Office 365? 
don't really need it. It's just convenient, but I don't really need it. And you don't need Nintendo Switch Online? Only when I want to play Tetris 99. Again, like, I could live without it. I mean, to be honest, all I really need, you know, most of the gaming I do really is on PC. So I don't need a subscription for that. So I would probably keep LastPass, which I actually use for password backup. So those would be the three. If I was being really more logical about this, I would probably ditch Spotify and take YouTube Premium instead. Because then I could just use YouTube for the music. Does it allow an audio-only stream? Probably. Well, if you play for premium, you can just use it while it's in the background. You can just, you know, lock your phone screen and it'll keep playing. And it'll cleverly just take the audio. I don't know. Who cares? I have mobile data. You have limits. We have limits. I don't have limits. I'm paying for the infinity data plan. Well, actually, what happened is they called me up and said, do you want the infinity data plan? And I said, how much is it? And they said, it's $300 a month, but as a special offer, we'll give it to you for free for two years. And I was like, well, then, yes, I want it. And they were like, there you go. Ding. Unlimited, what speed? 100 meg. Okay, I have to listen to the whole spiel then and not just cut them off at the $300 <laughs> at the $300 for Infinity Date. I need to hear that you'll get it two years for free as well. Yeah, it was totally worth it. To be honest, they've got me hooked now. Even if they start charging me $300, I'm going to be like, money well spent. Considering previously I had 128 kilobit data. <laughs> Sorry, we've gone wild off topic. Where, where are we going with this? What would you pick? I, I want really interesting and wacky suggestions from you. Nothing wacky over here. Apple Music, PS Plus. Why PS Plus? To play games online. With who? When I need to. Just get a PC, man. <laughs> No one will play on PC. This is the problem. I don't know. I obviously do most of my multiplayer on PC now. And I would I pay for 365. I quite like 365. I don't know why, though. In Hong Kong, it costs $780 a year, right? Which is about 100 USD. So, I mean, that is quite expensive in a way. If you think Office used to cost that to buy outright. I think if I was sensible, I'd just stop and start it whenever I needed it. What you're saying is you're too rich. You're too rich, Tim. I, <laughs> I think Microsoft deserves my money. The, the, the guys at Microsoft are doing a great job. They, they probably do deserve our money for all of the years when we just acquired Windows. I would get Amazon Prime, but I can't. Like you said. Yeah, Amazon Prime, I think, is actually pretty good if you live in a country with Amazon. They're, they're showing football on Amazon Prime now. What? Yeah. I mean, that's good if you like football. Yes. But it's one of the many things you get. You get free games on Twitch. But it, what it basically boils down to is like, it has to be a music one, a gaming one. I don't care about TV. I guess that's why we have a gaming podcast. Yeah, that's right. Well, you say that, but I, <laughs> I picked like two productivity ones and YouTube. So, <laughs> But all my gaming is on PC. Yes. So, you know, that's why. Because I'm a true gamer. <laughs> there was a short moment when I could have subscribed to Apple Arcade, but I, I saw through the, I saw the light. Yeah, it's funny because you never play mobile games, right? Yes. So why subscribe to Apple Arcade? Because there's potentially a shit ton of really quality mobile games. 
I, I did hear it is quite good. And you can play it on the Apple TV with a controller. But the but those mobile games are actually really unsatisfying. And those that were good were too short. I mean, considering we already have large backlogs of games for all of the systems we already have, inflicting a new backlog upon yourself that you have to play within one month. Well, you don't have to play it within one month, but then you have to start paying for it. It seems a bit reckless. But because it's one month and it's time bucketed, or time restricted, actually, it's, it's okay. The backlog only, only exists for a month. And then you just failed it and can forget about it? Yeah. Imagine if your backlog was exploding and you knew it was just, it would fall to pieces in a year. How liberating would that be? This is clearly <laughs> what's going to happen one day because Steam is going to go under and I'm going to be like, well, I failed that. I can't produce a tenuous link. To what? The AI cloning your voice story? Yes. I mean, you've been talking to a text file this whole time. You've just replicated my voice because I've got a cold. Isn't that right? I mean, it's not, but it would be really convenient if that were true. Yes. I wonder if we, if we could produce a script so much better than what we're producing in real time. It would be really funny if we literally could just like write out the script and then have this AI clone my voice and read it out. But I don't think the intonation would be realistic, right? I mean, it does capture some nuance and intonation, but I don't think it, it's going to produce the spur-of-the-moment variation in, you know, emotion and whatever that a regular person has. For now. What is Google's voice assistant? What, Google Duplex? Duplex, yes. If Duplex could take on your voice... And have conversations to your friends, family, mums, dads, kids, on your behalf. That would be incredible. That would be even more dystopian. We should probably take a step back and say what we're talking about. Yes. What are we talking about? So, you saw this on Hacker News, which is a popular news aggregator site for hackers where hacker really just means coder slash startup wannabe. Yes. And the story was about an AI that can clone your voice after listening to a five-second sample. The website has samples demonstrating a reference voice sample that they cloned and then taking that voice and making it say other things. And it's really convincing. It really does sound like they got the person to say those other sentences. It's actually quite, quite scary. The scary bit is that they need such a small sample from which to create copies or, you know, have then reproduce your voice saying other things. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether it does copy emotion and stuff as well. Like, if the... Do they give it a piece of text? I should have done some more research. Do they give it some text to read out? Or do they actually have the target voice? Like they have a reference voice and a target voice and they map from one to the other. You're asking too good of questions for me. Yeah, no, no, we didn't do enough research on this. We're mostly just using this as a thought experiment. Yes. But what it really boils down to practically is, can we just transcribe the entire podcast? Or do we just get a voice double for Ting and then, you know, we can just mimic your voice afterwards we can have someone else stand in for you or for me 
But why am I here? I'm here for... I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> you're you're I'm like here Eliza. To... You're here to reflect things back at me. <laughs> Anyone can do this. Once Mike figures out he doesn't need me, I won't be here. Or I'll replace you by the Google Voice AI. Yeah. I'll replace you by Google Duplex. <laughs> I'll be like, Google, please make an entertaining podcast. Maybe this should be the side project that we do. What? Cloning people's voices? See how much we can go work with text-to-speech rights for a podcast. Try to make an AI that just generates podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You're right. This is a great idea. This is actually a great idea. We should just make an entirely AI-generated podcast and then get it covered on, like, Engadget or something. You know about those um, iOS games where it's just a fruit machine, but they skin, it's like skin a ton of fruit machines, a thousand different kinds of fruit machines, and they sell ads on these games and make a ton of money that way. We will produce a ton of podcasts and have them all hook up to the same ad network. So it looks like we have a bundle of 10,000 downloads across 1,000 podcasts. But we have the, you know, the aggregate figure is, is, is sufficient for us to buy the ads or sell the ads. The targeting would be terrible, though, on those ads. <laughs> so it's okay. We'll get other AIs to listen to the podcast. <laughs> And then we'll tune the AI, we'll tune those AIs such as to be really attractive to the AIs that sell the ads. We'll, we'll make this entire AI economy, this economics 2.0. The AI economy, done. The AI, the AI economy. <laughs> and then we'll write an article about the AI economy in Harvard Business Review. And then we'll get invited to do like speaking. Things. We'll, we'll get invited to do a TED Talk. This is going to be amazing. We'll have the book. By the time we have the TED Talk, we'll have the book. So it's sorted. <laughs> this, this sounds incredible. All from this nonsense idea. Okay, I'll get working on it tomorrow. Done. Talking of Google. Fitbit's been acquired by Google. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? How do you feel about it? I thought it was a good thing because we wouldn't have to pay for premium or they would stop pushing premium on us. Oh, man, they're really pushing premium. They had this whole hoo-ha about how they'd collapsed the five icons at the bottom, the five tabs, down into three. And it was a much cleaner interface. And then I logged in, and lo and behold, there were four tabs at the bottom, and the fourth tab was premium. And I was like, well, this is absolute nonsense. I'm extremely unimpressed. The next day, Google announced they bought Fitbit, and then the premium tab disappeared. So... Go Google? Your premium tab has disappeared. Yeah, it's gone on mine. Mine is still there. Mine is still there. Ooh. They know that you love to subscribe to things. So, wait, wait. So, your, which, which market are you in? Are you Hong Kong or UK? Hong Kong. Okay, I'm UK. Oh, maybe that's why. You maybe this is another <laughs> symptom of, this is another symptom of like, oh yeah, we're not doing it in Hong Kong. Well, actually, you, you but you definitely can buy Fitbit Premium in Hong Kong, but okay. they're clearly not pushing it then. Interesting. But other people are outraged. I mean, I think it's interesting because I was concerned about Google buying it because I was thinking Fitbit probably won't be around in a couple of years. Because if you look at things that Google has bought, they generally just kind of implode a year or two later. So... Nest, for example, I know a lot of people who bought Nest products, the service has just kind of 
world collapsed and a lot of their actual devices just literally don't work now because it all got folded into Google Home really badly. So I can envisage that Fitbit gets folded into Google Fitness or something in some way. I don't even know what Google's fitness tracking thing is, but that would be my assumption. In a couple of years, it will just kind of have some botched migration and then that's the end of it. And slowly move away from iOS as well. Disappear from iOS. I'm sure it won't disappear from iOS. I mean, you can use Google Home and stuff on iOS, right? Can you? Yes, because that's how I set up the Chromecast. Okay. Would you think it would be better than using Apple TV? Have you compared your Chromecast experience to your Apple TV experience? I don't have an Apple TV. The Chromecast was like one third the cost. So that was the main reason, to be honest. All I want to do is watch YouTube on it. So, But the, the other objection I heard is that people are worried that Google's going to have all of their fitness data. Which is valid. I mean, I guess. I mean, Google, Google knows everything about me anyway. It's too late. The cat's out of the bag. The horse has already bolted. Whatever metaphor you want. So they know enough now, they might as well know everything. Is that what you're saying? Basically. I mean, for some crazy reason, I mean, it's kind of like it started out as a joke and then it's years later now and it's still going. I turned on my location tracking on Google and I'm just, I'm sharing my location with just like one guy I went on holiday with one time and he's still sharing his location with me too. So for some reason, it's really funny. We can just both tell each other's location all the time. I don't share it with anyone else. But as a result of this, Google just knows where I am always already so the fitness data is not really going to benefit them at all anyway the fitness data isn't really going okay fine i mean i guess google can tell when i'm sleeping now so they know when to send the killer robots yes but google can probably tell that anyway because it's just the period when i'm not watching youtube (laughs) i don't know what to say i just wonder if Fitbit ever thinks you've fallen asleep whilst you're watching youtube I guess it's possible, but probably not because I have to move my arm to skip the ads every few minutes. (laughs) So you're going to keep your Fitbit, basically? Yes. Fine. Until something better comes along. I don't know. Because I'm looking at Garmin. They could be the answer. I've had this for two and a half years now, so... Oh, Garmin is pro. Like, Garmin is, like, proper hardcore, right? Garmin isn't for people who want to count their steps and, like, see when they're sleeping. Garmin is for people who want to, like, know their VO2 max and GPS coordinates while they were fell running. Oh, I thought you, like, whilst they're injecting weird biohacking minerals into... I don't know, you can't... Not not injecting minerals into your (laughs) body, but... He's like, I need more calcium. I need more (laughs) calcium. Pass me that syringe of ground-up bones because it has has, they have this concept of a body battery so they can tell when you're you're peaking during the day really yeah i've never looked at the garmin stuff i just know that it's really hardcore well then surely that's the next step for us for you (laughs) why i just i literally only use this to check when i'm asleep (laughs) i use this so i can't lie to myself about how much youtube i watched imagine having a pro device that'll sort you out it's gonna you can tell me my optimum time to watch YouTube. Yes. 